Welcome to the Holistic Wellness and Wisdom Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Kimberly Ann Marsden, a holistic psychologist, Reiki master, and astrologer. On this show, you'll discover practical information from both Eastern and Western medicine, as well as ancient cultures, to empower you to live vibrantly. So join me on this powerful journey into transforming all facets of being human, spirit, mind, physical body, and emotions. Hello, hello. Today is a topic that I am very passionate about. It's actually one of my very favorites, although I have a lot of favorites, gotta admit that. So today I'm flying solo and I'm going to be talking with you about sports wellness. Basically, what I like to do is I have a very holistic approach in general, but this is to me taking holistic health and applying it to athletes. And what that means is we ask a lot of athletes and we want athletes to perform well. And there's lots of different ways to go about that. But what I've seen be the most effective, especially in terms of longevity of career and peak performance is taking a holistic approach to the wellness of athletes. And so that means that we're going to look at factors that impact the mind, the body, emotions, and the spirit. So how that's different for athletes is a couple different ways. I mean, obviously anyone, uh, you know, the word athlete can apply to anyone. There's all different levels and it's not based on age or any, any other specific demographics. We're just talking about people that are participating in sports. The more intensely they're participating, the more important it is to have a holistic approach because that's going to help them in their general well-being but it's also going to help them in their <clears throat> with their athletic performance and longevity of their athletic career, or at least athletic. It doesn't have to be a career like a professional career, but their time enjoying sports. And the first thing I want to start with is just really, we'll start with the mind piece. I'm just going to go through each one briefly because this we could spend hours on every single little piece, but I'm just going to do this as a general overview. And first of all, when you look at the mind piece, mindset, everybody talks about mindset, having a growth mindset and a productive mindset, et cetera. Really, when you're talking about athletes, what you're talking about are thoughts that are going to help an athlete be resilient, thoughts that are going to help an athlete have a belief system in which they believe that they can persist, that enables them to Per persist when challenges occur because anyone that's participated in any sports know challenges are going to occur, whether that be fatigue in training or challenges that occur, occur in a race, in dealing with an opponent, in any, there's a m many, many ways that can come up. So, what you want is you want to have a mindset that enables you to continue when those challenges occur. And there's a lot of research, and actually, I think I did a podcast on the art of healthy thinking. So if you want to listen to all about explanatory style and attributional style, which is the way we explain why events happen, what our belief systems are, how we believe after events happen, and how that affects what we do in the future. So it's going to affect not only our actions, but our emotions, et cetera. 
um, you can look at that podcast. But really, basically, what we want to make sure is that we're giving ourselves the best chance that we can to be successful. So those thoughts need to be aligned in a way that enables us to persist. And there's a lot of different ways to go about it. Um, but that's the main thing that we look at with, with thinking, with thoughts. Now, as far as the mind, there are so many different things we can do to help an athlete stay focused, to help an athlete stay, not just stay, but get into a flow state, which is a specific type of consciousness where you are immersed in the activity so much so that basically time flies by and all the other distractions just go away. And you'll hear a lot of athletes describe it. It's like when they're playing, if they're playing basketball and they're on the court, they don't hear the crowd. They don't see anything going on outside of, you know, their domain. And so it enables them to really be honed in on themselves, the court, the ball, the opponents, the hoop, and everything that is not relevant to that doesn't come into their into their perceptual field. So there's a lot of different ways that we can help ourselves or you know help athletes to achieve a flow state, but that's really what we're going for with the mind is really getting the mind into a place where the athlete is able to achieve peak performance by drowning out all the noise, going within and having attentional focus that enables them to be at optimal performance. So that's really what we're looking for with the with the mind piece is to enhance that that flow experience and to create that as often as possible. Now obviously there's a lot of things that get in the way. There's a lot of things that can get in the way of that. And Frequently, that's where the emotions piece comes in, is really helping people understand how to deal with anxiety, which a lot of times is not necessarily anxiety. We need a certain level of arousal. And sometimes when people are excited, they can almost mislabel that as anxiety in this setting because they have a physiological feeling of being aroused. And so, oh, well, I must be anxious. And then they're going to start the thoughts that go along with that. And that doesn't need to be, you can be excited. You can relabel that as excited. And you do physiologically need a certain level of arousal to be able to have optimal performance. You can't be asleep and not, you know, your body has to be alert, awake, and in a certain heightened state to be able to perform your best. Now, the other thing as far as the emotions, you know, obviously when we're looking at a holistic approach is we're going to help athletes work on the anxiety piece and any other emotions that are getting in the way. But the big thing I want to say as far as emotions is that when people are engaging in sports all the time, there are traumas that occur and they can be physical traumas. They can be emotional traumas. They can be both. and and or just an emotional trauma based on things that happen during a game or practice or training. And 
it's really important that we not just shove those under the, under the carpet, sort of under the rug, because what happens is even if they're sort of micro traumas, they add up and they're creating blockages and they're creating energetic and emotional blockages in the body physically. And what happens is it takes energy to do that. And you don't want to waste any of your energy. And you also need to process it because those little micro traumas may impact the decision you make the next time you're on the basketball court and you're going up for a dunk or for a layup if you've gotten hit from behind and you haven't processed it. So now guess what? Now you're afraid to go up because you're afraid somebody's going to hit you from the blind side and knock you out cold. So if you don't address that emotional piece of the trauma, even if you address the physical piece of what happened when you got hit from behind, that emotional piece needs to be healed as well. And there's a lot of different ways that that can be done, but just trying to bring to your awareness, if you're the athlete, you need to make sure that those things get processed out. If you're the parent, you need to make sure that the child gets some assistance and the coach as well. You need to make sure that, um, that the athlete, whether they're a child or an adult athlete gets the assistance they need with that. And it really, like I said, it needs to be processed out for the person's well-being in general, but it also needs to be processed out for them to really be able to move it out of the way of them going back and performing at their best. I think that's all I'm going to say on that for now, because that can just be a giant rabbit hole. We're not going to go down. Yeah. And as far as the body with athletes, the body piece obviously is huge preparing physically for practice. And the thing I want to say about that is it's really important to help athletes understand that you actually prepare for practice. You don't just show up. I mean, yes, there's days where all you can do is just show up and that's okay. That's part of life. But ideally what we want to do is help athletes to be prepared for practice because the more effective practices, the better the athlete's going to be in games, in swim meets, in you know championship matches, whatever you know the sport is. So you really want the practices to be at the highest level possible, and you want to be prepared for that. And there's a lot of ways to do that with visualization. And to do it physically as well, make sure your body's physically ready, make sure you have the nutrition, the fuel, you're stretching, you're doing all the physical things that you need to do as well as the mental and emotional pieces to be prepared for practice. So your body can do what you're asking it to do on that day of practice. And the other thing I want to mention, because especially over the last, I'm going to say 10 years, no, probably even longer than that, uh, there's been a real huge push. People specializing in sports at ridiculously young ages. And yes, if you want to have the best 10-year-old soccer player, go ahead and only have them play soccer from the minute that they can put on cleats. And that's great. But what most likely will happen is by the time that child is an adult and is 18, and if the only thing they've ever done is played soccer sports-wise, you're going to see sports-related overuse injuries. You're going to see mental fatigue and burnout because 
guess what? When you do anything for that long, it starts to often become not as fun. And there's a lot of mental fatigue as well as physical fatigue with it. And the body will let you know, and we'll get to that in a minute. But I want to say, and, and I've spoken with pediatricians and physicians about this as well. There is a real important need to cross train, to do many different types of activities. And that's from the physical standpoint, for the neurological standpoint of the brain being challenged and doing neuropatterning that's, you know, preferably bilateral across the body. You really want to give the brain as much different types of input as possible in the sense of you want to challenge the brain and not just be doing things rotely all the time so that um, you're not using all the different skills that you can be. And same thing physically. The muscles, I mean, just think of a simple joint like the shoulder. If you're a pitcher and you're just throwing the ball over and over and over and over and over again, that's not a natural motion. If you're trying to throw it at 90 or 100 miles an hour, that's not a natural motion you would normally be doing. And if you're going to be doing that type of motion, you certainly don't want to start doing that and do it forever and do just that. You want to incorporate things that are going to play off of what you're asking the shoulder to do, give it recovery, but also balance out the rest of the body and the use of the, sh the shoulder so that there's off time for it to heal. So just give you an example from my own son, when he was younger, we made sure that he was doing a variety of sports because it was really important that he have those different experiences. And I remember the conversation I had with his pediatrician way back as well. And, and actually with a, I remember speaking with a goalie that was on the USA soccer team and he and I had this long conversation years ago. And he said to me, yeah, definitely. He said, you don't want to put your kid in just soccer. He said, because of the risk of injuries and the burnout. And that's what my personal experience has been. That's what the people I've spoken with and seen athletes over the years, that seems to be the pattern. So please keep that in mind. Um, what is your long-term goal? You as the athlete, is your long-term goal to be good at 10, at 15, to play for five years, 10 years, or play for life? 15 years, have a professional career. All those things are important to understand because they impact the choices that you make. And if you want longevity, you need to have balance. You really need to have balance. And the other thing I want to say is, oh, this is one of my favorite stories. This is from years ago. And I'm going to give credit where credit is due. I went to a talk and it was Dr. James Moss. And I still remember it because it's such a great example of the fact that you can train the physical body, okay? Physically, you teach it a skill and it needs rest. It needs sleep to integrate that skill. Now, most athletes are taught, you need to train more. You need to do more. You need to do harder. You need to be tough. And we'll talk about tough in a minute. I'm really not a fan of that mentality. But what Dr. Moss was talking about was he had a story. This is a true story. And it was a skater that was an Olympian that the parent called him. She was in high school at the time and she was going to the Olympics and she was doing two a days, you know, morning workouts and afternoon workouts. And she was trying to learn these complex jumps 
And what happened was she just was really struggling and having trouble integrating the new moves that she was trying to do. And the father called Dr. Moss and said, you know, they were sort of family friends, I think. And, you know, this is what's going on with her and she's just not making the jumps and we don't know. And it's getting close to nationals and blah, 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 blah. Short, the long story short is Dr. Moss said to him, she needs more sleep. She needs to not do morning workouts. The father respected Dr. Moss enough to listen to him, which was considered absolutely insane by the coaches and the other athletes at that time, because the thought was you need to be, here's the word tough, get up, do those morning workouts, push, 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 push. Yes. There's a time to push, but not to the point where the body can't integrate what you're doing. So he had her not do the morning workouts and she went on to win Olympic gold because she slept more and that enabled the maneuvers she was learning in the afternoon practice to be integrated while she was sleeping and she was using visualization as well. Because when you visualize, your body doesn't know the difference between what it sees on the screen of your mind and on the screen when you're actually doing it. And that, does that mean, no, you don't ever physically work out and you just do it all in your mind and you're going to be the same? No. But when you're pairing the two together, the physical and the visualization, it works amazingly. But the key thing there is you cannot force the body to do something. Well, you can, I mean, you can, I shouldn't say that you can force the body to do a lot of things, but you're not going to get the optimal performance from the body if you don't give it time to integrate what you're asking it to do. So, you know, those extra workouts, the two a days, the three a days, you really need to look at those and see if they're meeting the purpose that you want them to meet. Um, if you tell me it's about bonding, it's about team unity, it's about making a struggle and going through it together, I might be more with you than if you tell me that it's for um, absolute physical conditioning requirement. But it depends. It depends on the sport. But I want you to just keep, I throw that out there because I want people to be aware of not doing things mindlessly, repetitiously, thinking that more is always better because more is not always better. The other thing, as far as the body, we ask so much of our bodies when we're an athlete. Athletes ask so much of themselves physically in every way, but we're talking physically now about the physical body. So if you're going to ask that much, then you need to be on the flip side. You need to be giving back to the body. It's kind of the whole, if you put in garbage, then don't expect anything other than garbage coming out. So if you're going to ask your body to perform like it's a formula one race car, then you need to be putting in top level fuel. You need to be taking really good care of your body. So you want to make sure that your nutrition is spot on for all the different things you need. That means your daily nutrition, that your nutrition is set differently based on your workload, based on whether you have a game or a meet that you are involved in. And it's all honed down to what your specific needs are and making sure that you're giving yourself the nutrients because food is medicine and it is full fuel as well. 
and making sure that you're giving your body the supplements that it needs for what you're asking it to do. Because otherwise what happens is you're just going to run it, run it down until you wear it out. And that's really not what you're looking to do. There are so many incredible things out there that you can do to help your physical body right now that didn't exist years, years ago, or if they did, they were not easily accessible. There are so many ways to support your body, but it has to come from that inner drive to support your body with self-care because you love yourself enough to do it. You love yourself enough, you're motivated, and you want what's best for yourself and your health as well as your performance. Because, you know, as an athlete, yep, you can take shortcuts and you may still end up you're going to still end up, you could still end up at the finish line, but what you lost in that shortcut is the problem. You might not see it that, you know, this year, you might not see it next year, but it will eventually add up. And I say that to mean, you know, yes, there are athletes that will eat fast food before they perform, right after they perform, eat junk. And can they still perform? Yes, they can. Do we know if they'd perform better without it? No, we don't. Can I tell you for certainty, watch Supersize Me, the movie, if you think that that's a good diet to have. It's not. Like that man found out, it caught up with his body in less than 30 days. So you want to be aware of that. And you want to understand there's a whole world of recovery tools that can be used to support your body in the physical recovery from what you're asking from practice and all the things that you're asking your body to do. And those are anything from electric stem, from just rolling out using things like yoga, meditation, but all the biohacks that there are, the Normatec compression boots, the um, there's a million things. And actually there's a biohacking podcast that I did with Austin Chikatilov that goes into all those types of things. So if you are interested in that, and now there's actually, I think they call them I'm trying to think of some of the ones. There's a bunch around here. They're like wellness recovery centers. And a lot of athletes will use those hyperbaric oxygen chambers, cryotherapy. There's just so many things you can do to assist your physical body when you're going to ask the high level demands of it. And even just for general health, you don't have to be an athlete to take advantage of those technologies. So The other thing I want to just touch on briefly is the spirit because the spirit to me, that's the integration piece. To me, the spirit is, is, is really where you connect mind, body, and emotions. It's all where it's all integrated. And so connecting to that divine inner wisdom is really the top priority, learning how to connect to your body so you can go in and connect to what's going on in you physically, emotionally, and spiritually. But when you connect to that inner wisdom, you now can make choices that honor your purpose, your passion, your reason for being here. And our bodies are incredibly intelligent. There's so much wisdom in them. And your body will always tell you what you need, but you have to be willing to listen. And your spirit is speaking through your body saying, 
you know, this is what you really need to do. And I talk a lot about that in the wisdom of the body podcast. And I really have learned over the last several years, just how powerful that is. And there's just so much information about how powerful those body messages are. If you'll just listen to them and decode them and understand what your body's asking of you to do. And for athletes, a lot of times it's understanding that it's time to take a break or it's time to shift gears. It's time to do something differently. And that can be a really hard thing because athletes get very stuck sometimes in the mindset of this is how it has to be because this is what's worked for them in the past. But we don't want to live in the past. We want to be in the present. We want to evaluate in the present where we are right now. What is your body? telling you that it needs from you. How do you honor that for your highest good, for your highest good as a human being and your highest good as an athlete? And that's really where the joy is going to come from and all of the other important pieces that make life blissful and radiant and vibrant And really by making that interconnection and honoring it, all those other pieces will become so self-evident. You will know what you need mentally. You will know how you feel emotionally. You will be able to shift and work with those emotions and honor them. And you will be able to honor your body. And guess what? When we honor ourselves, that's when we are in the flow. That's when we are performing and not even, I don't even want to say performing. That's when we are being ourselves. That is when we are our complete essence. So that's really the basics of sports wellness. That's really how we take a look at a holistic approach to athletic performance. We looked and talked a little bit about the mind, the body, the emotions, the spirit, and the integration of all of it, which is where the magic happens. And this is just the very surface level, but just want to give you the overview And right now what we'll do is we'll head over to the Sparks of Wisdom. Sparks of Wisdom, oh, 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 oh. Sparks of Wisdom, oh, 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 oh. Okay, for today's Sparks of Wisdom, I really want people to understand that even though a lot of times when we watch sporting events, we look at a team or we look at an athlete and we think, wow, that's like a well-oiled machine, the synchronicities, the beauty, the flow. And yes, it may look like some sort of machine, but athletes are human beings. And because athletes are human beings, the best approach is going to be one that optimizes that part of being human, which means we need to look at things that affect the mind, things that affect the body, emotions, and the spirit. If we fail to do that, then we are not 
giving an athlete the best chance to be successful and to have the best outcomes possible, not only in peak performance, but in the longevity of their career. So that was just a taste of a holistic approach to sports wellness. I hope that you enjoyed it. I hope you found it useful. Thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate you supporting the podcast, especially if you go and give a rating and a review. It's very helpful. I really appreciate it. If you have any questions or comments, please reach out, email me. And as always, be you, be love, and be present.